Welcome to Tales from the Tables with your hosts, Rob Bradley, John Charles Ceccarelli, and James Burroughs. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Tales from the Tables. Woo! 15 already. Whoop, whoop. I mean, I know we keep doing the milestones every every episode, but I just it's just it's just going bonkers, isn't it? Before you know it's gonna be 20, the next thing you know it's gonna be a hundred and oh man. I know. Yeah. That's when we're famous right there. That's exactly. uh, that's the milestone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How you how you guys doing? You well? Yeah, good. Yeah? Good week yeah. so far? Yeah. Well, I say uh, so far, it's Thursday. It's Thursday. Yeah, pretty much the entire week. Um, no, it's been good. No, it's um, yeah. Right on. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. Pretty. You both, uh, you both stood on your tiptoes looking at the weekend. Uh, yes. Yes. Well, I I did I did actually do something interesting last weekend. So um, and then this Ooh. weekend I'm doing something interesting again. So Ooh, yeah, I went well, I last week. Uh, this is something that probably will not be of interest to many of our, of our listeners. Actually, I went to an NFL game on Sunday in London. So oh, that was cool. cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Who was it? Who played? Who played? Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, which I realised I'm saying differently to how anyone who supports Jag- that team. Jaguars. 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 You think Jaguars uh, here in the states? Oh, really? Uh, and they were playing. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, Atlanta. Atlanta Falcons. Um, oh, Atlanta nice. Falcons. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. So neither of which are my team, um, but uh, I supported. Jags because they were the the home team in uh, at Wembley, so sure, we had sure. all all their merch was everywhere. So I got a little foam finger and a flag, and I was waving it around. Sweet, having a, having a grand old time. Yeah, did you have like of... a gigantic hot dog. Yep, a uh, gigantic yeah, hot dog. Some, nice uh, chicken wings. Best. Um, bucket yeah. of Coca Cola. Uh, <laughs> no, although I did have two large rum and cokes. So <laughs> ah, there we go. And they we get, we the get them in IVs now, Rob. They just put the they no, put really. the beer and the coke directly into your blood vessels. <laughs> uh, the only thing I did Sweet. miss, is I didn't have those glasses with the beer cans and the hats for the beer cans. In the oh, you need the hats. Oh, yeah, 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 right. I wanted one of those. Yeah, right. they, they weren't selling them, I think, for oh. good reason. Because I feel like you'd be the only person to have ever looked good in a beer can hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think that's the case, but thank you. <laughs> oh man, I tell you what, it's it's funny. It's Amer- America. The difference between America and England in terms of like our sporting events is so interesting like you look at like football it's um like or soccer as obviously as the Americans call it mm. you go to a soccer game it's like you have a pie and maybe you'll have a pint and that's about it <laughs> you know, like, it's like yeah a grassroots football where I'm like, from it's pasties you have a pasty like beigeest food possible covered in <laughs> yeah. a, a sauce that is Scotch. similarly beige and uh, I would Bovril. like to drink something yellow with it <laughs> oh lovely lovely imagery when i was yeah, in but... um when i was in la a few years ago we went to uh, dodgers game and uh, we bought the cheapest tickets we could get so we were right, right in the cheap seats we couldn't mm. we could hardly even see what was going on and <laughs> from what from what i gathered nothing was really happening and well, it's baseball yeah yeah nothing baseball happens. but the, yeah, was, nothing was, ever happens there was more there was more going on with the crowd and like yep. the like the da, 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 all of all of all of like the whole like you know like this these sorts of noises Ooh, you have it on a soundboard <laughs> well it's on a loop uh oh guys tune in for the rest of this podcast that's all it is <laughs> yeah right it's a soundboard yeah. oh 
But yeah, uh, there seems to be more going on with the crowd than there was with actually the game. It was really they need to fun. they need to do that because the really, game yeah. is that boring. I, I've not been to many baseball games, but the ones I've been to have never been exciting or thrilling whatsoever. They're always just kind of like, yeah. Mm. Okay, well, I know that as a yeah. child, I went to a baseball game, uh, Boston mm. Red Sox game, uh, and I couldn't tell you anything about it. Uh, it, it was so dull that my child brain has just eliminated it from my. You memory. remember that there were the Red Sox. I, I remember that they were the Red Sox, and I have a hat somewhere <laughs> in a drawer from that day. Luckily, the one that is adjustable and has continued to fit my head. <laughs> I would I would apologize to all the baseball fans, but I don't know how much of that demographic is currently listening to this podcast. So. It's, a good, it's a good point. Yeah, I, good I point. think I, I think... would enjoy going to baseball with a group of friends and drinking. That. Sure. sure i mean that that's <laughs> like the thing cricket. it's a social event right? yeah, like you're not cricket, actually yeah. there for the game you're there to like eat the food yeah. and, and sit in the stands and you know deal with the parking and stuff like that yeah. so i, I uh, once went to a, a dart, the, the scroll the scroll darts tournament in and it was in hull i went with my old army mates and it was literally just carnage i mean just just the, the, the athletes were drinking you oh, were the drinking. athletes yeah the athletes there they were they were piling back and then everyone else was drinking doing shots with them halfway through the games and stuff it's just oh it was just yeah athletes yeah exactly yeah, yeah that's amazing <laughs> athletes in quotes yeah. uh, that's no, great yeah brilliant well on the opposite end of the spectrum this weekend i'm trying to do the complete opposite of going to a sporting event which is going to the new york renaissance fair i'll hey, see if i can actually make it out there i do have a game a, a, a like a D game to run this weekend so i can't actually say for sure if i'm going to be able to get there or not but that's my goal <laughs> uh, hopefully you can um yeah i think it's... i'm a oh i'm a spa this weekend oh nice oh, nice it's a, it's a two-year anniversary for me and jade so oh, oh, spa time. Congratulations. oh wow yeah. two, two years already crikey yeah that's, i know yeah it's, it's, it's flown gone. by it has it has but hey time flies yeah. when you're having fun that's right yeah. that's what they say oh, gotta yeah. stay positive <laughs> yeah right i'm uh i've got a, i've got a game this weekend in oxford somewhere um oh nice might be, might be banbury actually i have to, I have to check <laughs> so we got two days away um but that's what the stag do and the, the guy um the guy who's hired me the, the best man was like uh i'd like to create uh a, a, a new class for the stag so i've created the village idiot for him <laughs> nice yeah but i'll tell you Brilliant. the um, I'll, I'll give you the stats one second let me ah uh... uh, well i can see where this is going <laughs> i thought you'd be like and i've i want you to construct a DD drinking game and i was like yeah I've, we've done i've done that before in the stag mm-hmm. uh, what what's your D drinking game of choice um well usually it's health potions and other potions are real drinks so if you yeah, want to use it get it down and usually, and usually yep. there'll be well not necessarily a shot it could be like a large wine glass full of a mixture of alcohol um shout out to, mine's... to john for for getting on with that uh, <laughs> mine, mine's natural natural ones is a shot and uh, yeah. then if, if anybody else gets a natural 20 the stag has to take take a shot ah that's a good one yeah i will be honest there was a lot of oh well the stag's been hit again so he'll need uh he'll need healing so he'll need to drink a health potion won't he <laughs> hmm. maybe we'll hit the stag <laughs> yeah, right. since it, since they're usually one shots i wonder if it could go more extreme like you take a shot based on 
how much damage you deal. So if it's like, and you do it in tiers. So if you deal, like, it depends on what level you're running it at, but say it's a high level campaign. If you do one to 10 damage, you take one shot. If you deal 11 to 20 damage, you take two shots. This is a quick way to have this game last about 35 minutes. (laughs) Someone's on the floor in that time immediately. (laughs) Yeah, that's... uh... A quick way to like not have clients. Oh, sorry. What are these village idiot stats you you've got? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so the so the character's name is Wayne, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a village idiot level three. He's armed with a rubber chicken. Yep. It's, uh, does the it's plus plus three to attack and does one d four bludgeoning damage. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, he's got um his his features. He's got a confetti explosion. He creates an explosion of colorful confetti. The ten foot radius does no damage, but it looks spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he has he has he has bana- but he can summon a banana peel on the ground, causing anyone who steps on it to make a dexterity saving throw or fall prone. Brilliant. He Brilliant. can summon he can summon a flock of clucking chickens to distract enemies. They have oh no combat gosh. abilities, but may confuse opponents. <laughs> it and he also so has fable. He also has a ridiculous dance, so he can force the target to perform a ridiculous dance, render them unable to take any actions for 1d4 rounds. Nice. Nice. So, yeah. He's also it's like Tasha's a... hideous laughter, but it's like yeah, Tasha's hideous dance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so he's got, he's got a silly hat, um, hmm. a, bag, a bag of marbles that you can throw on the ground, and a small pouch containing two copper pieces. <laughs> <laughs> intelligence. Minus it, two. Like going up yep, against yep, five players. Yeah, his intelligence is minus two. He's got zero wisdom. He's got plus two in charisma because you know he's a village idiot. People, right? Oh, oh, he's, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the pity got, charisma. Yeah, he's got plus one on dexterity and plus one on strength, and that's it. That's <laughs> such a bland thing. I love it. <laughs> Literally it. So the They've question, minus, I guess, minus is two on initiative as well. Of course. So yeah. what the question I guess I have is, what is the adventure planned for them at this point? Is oh, it well, a, like a silly romp or is it a, like a high stakes, you're in Avernus fighting devils kind of adventure? I just, well, he's there. Because <laughs> well, so, they're, they're only level three, I'm, I've got them going up against goblins. But um, what I like to do in my stories whenever I do these sorts of things is put a little bit of a spin on it. So they're basically going to arrive in a town where there's a load of homeless people um, who are in the town, who are asking for money, and this village idiot is going to be one of them. Hmm. Um, and basically, he's going to be like uh, someone who's just been made redundant from his job in the mine because they've got, the mine's been taken over by goblins. So the, the adventurers will be like, why is there so many homeless people? Why is, why is it going on? Like, why is there so many people out of work? And if they like, you know, ask the right questions, they'll find out that the mine's been taken over. And then when hmm. they go to the mine and they start attacking the goblins or start talking to the goblins, they'll find out that actually that goblin mine the reason why the goblins have taken over the mine is because they were kicked out of their camp by a load of orcs and the orcs have stolen all of their like their ships because they were like these like like uh, seafaring pirate type goblins nice and in actual fact they need to go and get the orcs and then they have to like <laughs> bargain they have to like do some kind of like um political sort of you know agreement between the goblins and the and the village and the village folk in order to reach an agreement on how they could work together or oh, they could just, brilliant. or they could just kill the goblins and take back the yeah. mine and, and take it back. Right. Yeah. Immediately on solve how, one how problem. How deep they go in terms of like the sto- the questions they ask and that type of thing. So that's kind I of a loose idea. 
Honestly, I thought you were going to say that once they get to the Oryx to tell them, hey, you got to leave where the goblin, you were going to tell them, well, actually, the Oryx (laughs) are only here because (laughs) they were kicked out by some, whatever it is, some drow that showed up. Yeah. (laughs) And the drow are actually being (laughs) controlled by by these devils from hell. And then the devils from hell are actually being controlled by these evil angels from hell. Exactly. (laughs) But it just keeps going and going. I'm like, where, where does it end? And it all ends at Robert Bradley behind <laughs> the computer screen. The man behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That sounds like fun. Actually, I was yeah. I was gonna say I love the idea of goblin pirates. I don't know why. I think I actually made one once, um, and I gave her like the Harley Quinn voice. Um, but I feel like any and I was thinking about it, any race or any kind of creature that you have, if you can become a pirate is instantly that much cooler right and there's you're never going to look at a creature and be like oh you know there's a boring creature and then make it a pirate and still think the same thing no because immediately it's like oh yeah it's a pirate how cool is that (laughs) yeah it's something a lot more interesting yeah yeah it is it is cool yeah i've got to try and figure out a way to get him onto a ship I might I might start off the game with them on a boat and then have them as it like they've just they've come from like their their schools of learning and stuff and now they're going they've just basically been given like a bit of money they've got a passage they're going to the um they're traveling to the forgotten realms or not the forgotten realms sorry to the sword coast mm. on a ferry and then the ferry gets um uh what's the word I see James is yawning sorry it's been a long week <laughs> <laughs> so you, you know full well I've first just, I've just come out come out of an interview straight into this pretty oh, much really, really. <laughs> how, how did the interview go by the way was it all right uh yeah yeah i think i think so i'm hoping that no one from my actual current job listens to this i, don't I was gonna say I think, I think we're safe um <laughs> if yeah. not we'll know next week uh, well i'm applying for a job at my current job as well so it's up to them really whether they keep me um <laughs> cool. it's not blackmail it's uh you know yeah. something else <laughs> kind of love that confidence yeah. Yeah, brilliant. it would require me to get the first job to be able to say well give me this this other job i want or i'm leaving so right right fingers crossed though i think it went yeah. well yeah they yeah. seemed they seem like nice people so awesome okay great yeah, yeah. well what's what would, be, what would the new job be uh same thing i'm doing i i do now in 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 credit working in credit which is very boring um so i I won't talk about it any more than that but it's working for like an undersea um pipeline um cabling company so uh they're feeding power cables to wind turbines um it's what they're currently working on apparently so yeah green energy good um absolutely but yeah it sounds like an interesting logistical challenge (laughs) Mm. all that underwater cabling yeah, uh, I've always wondered how they do stuff like that. Like, how do you build an underwater tunnel? They must like mm. the oh, logistics and the engineering of it are just something that escaped me. But it sounds uh, pretty cool. So. Yeah, yeah, nice. it would be. Yeah, well, best of luck, James. I hope it goes. I hope you. Uh, hope you get yeah. it. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, I should find out mm. fairly soon because they're wanting to do second interviews next week. So uh, I shall probably find out tomorrow or early next week. So, okay. Fingers crossed. Sweet. Yeah, likewise over here. Fingers. At the very, at the very least, this weekend I'm going to be at a spa, so I will be relaxed and not thinking about <laughs> nice. it if I don't, if I haven't yeah, heard yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And how, and how have both your games been this week? Yeah, really good. Yeah. Um, you had Spectarium the... round two yesterday, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I had. Um, we did a casino heist, and I have never seen a team so efficiently breeze through it. I'll be honest; they oh, absolutely no. rampage through. <laughs> 
an um, efficient huh. heist. I yeah. don't even know the meaning I mean, of that term. It didn't yeah, right. go exactly how they planned it. They did accidentally kill the casino owner. Um, but oh. Other than that, they were supposed to only embarrass him and rob him. Uh, but um, the Dragonborn used their ice breath uh, in a room because he made. They were trying to steal his cane that controlled a uh, a minotaur skeleton in the, that was guarding the vault. Um, and in doing so, the odor of the the casino summoned some spined devils um mm. and the dragonborn i don't, I don't know what to say panicked um but certainly <laughs> decided that well i can hit all of them so i'm going to uh just ice breath and the damage roll was high enough that it just instantly wiped out the casino owner the who casino had like nine hit, oh no had nine hit points i think <laughs> yeah. it was like 11 nice. damage the noble stat block i see yeah noble, noble <laughs> stat block and uh yeah well I, I figured when he was rolling for it like he did like they they said go, before they went in they were like okay non-lethal damaged uh, and they were like, I do the ice breath. I was like, that is lethal. And he was like, ah, I'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Then, oh, well. <laughs> and then the casino owner froze solid, toppled over, and shattered into a thousand icy <gasps> pieces. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, there you have it. Nice. But they got, yeah. the, they got the staff and they broke into the vault, stole everything, um, cool. and managed to get out pretty effectively using the minotaur they now controlled as a distraction. So, yeah. Great. Do you, do you guys ever do like um when your games where you've got like a recurring campaign? Do you ever do like um behind the scenes? I suppose in a way like the subtext of what could be happening behind the scenes based on the decisions that the players have made. So for example, like James, like you like them killing the casino owner, mm-hmm. there could now be a casino owner's son or daughter that's now hell bent on vengeance. Yes. Mm. You yeah. Know, that kind of thing, or 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 maybe the money from the casino that would have been left to the family. Mm-hmm. in that person's will is now you've now like literally <laughs> do, yeah. do you know what i mean or, or maybe even a tra- or maybe even a trust fund or a charity fund that he promised that he yeah. would go to yeah. like, is that sort of thing you guys you guys yeah do? well it does oh, look like uh yeah that this guy sold his soul to the devil in exchange or in, to a devil in exchange for um getting this casino up and running so i feel like that's <laughs> probably probably cool. a thread to pull on um but yeah but also what i like to do with uh the heist sort of stuff is once they've completed it, um, any like little things they missed during the heist, like, oh, actually, you could have done this as well. I like to run that mm. through with them. And then because they like to hear, be like, oh, I can't believe we missed. Uh, there was a hidden room behind the painting um, in area four or whatever. So, yeah, if they, mi- if they miss stuff, I like to pull back and, and like after the game's done, I'll be like, oh. yeah, you know, you could have made this a lot easier on yourself if you just talked to this guy or you just asked the right question and then found out about this. And then I do like that a- all the time with my players. I'm always like, yeah, that was amazing, guys. I really didn't expect you to go right up to that creature and attack it because honestly, you could have probably just skirted this whole encounter by doing X, Y, or Z, you know, like finding the secret <laughs> passage around or actually like what you didn't realize what it was that it was just protecting its clutch of eggs because it's a mother or something like that. And then yeah. they're like, oh, damn it. Ah. You look in the drawers in the room before you'd have seen the note that said about it and how to approach it. But, yep. but you missed it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. So in D&D where there's so many different ways to approach things. If you if they had done that one thing, they'd have missed something else yep. in doing yeah. so. Like, yeah. It's awful, it's the, it's a lot like a thing. Baldur's Gate three playthrough. You're saying yeah, exactly. Right there. What? <laughs> still going? I think I've got still going, still going. I'm making my way slowly, 16, looting every crate. Eight sixty nine hours or something in um in it now. Nice. Still wow. on Act three. 
Oh, okay. You're a little bit further than I am. I'm I'm just about done with Act Two. I'm, <laughs> well, I'm Act One on. still. I've just yep. like, literally not picked it up. <laughs> I like, every now and then, every, as soon as I pick it up, I start playing it. I'm like, I just hear this voice being like, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Rob. Rob. I'm, like, I'm like, for fuck's sake. What? <laughs> Bring the washing in from the luck. Can you do this? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good. I, swear, I swear to God, she thinks I go to work to like relax. <laughs> kind of, kind of what I do. Wow. Well, it's the definition of when, as soon as you sit down, they're like, ooh, could you get me at this? You know, you're like, oh, yes. oh I was just standing. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Just as you get into bed. Oh, could you? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, well. Just go downstairs and get me that thing. It's in the it's in the cupboard. It's in the thing. And you're just like, I'm like, and you're literally like on your pillow, <laughs> snuggled in. You know, your eyes are closed. You've even done that, like, that noise you make just before you fall asleep where you think mm. it's a snore and it wakes you up. <laughs> nope. <laughs> like, nope. Like, <laughs> Is that what that sounds like? <laughs> now we all know you actually turn well, into a zombie as you start falling asleep. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a wonder we're not single, Rob, <laughs> based off those noises right. alone. <laughs> I have no idea how I, I've made it. <laughs> hey, So, James, any news from the RPG world this week? Uh, yes. So, um, it would appear that Penguin Random House is stopping distributing D&D books. Um, this isn't mm. to say that D&D are, and Wizards of the Coast are stopping distributing books. Uh, it would appear they are either going to go uh, more in-house or use other distributors rather than Penguin. But Penguin's a big one, so mm. um, I wonder why. Um, yeah, I feel like they've had that Penguin relationship for a number of years, at least all through 5th edition, probably even before that. So, yeah, I think I'm so. I'm surprised. But wow, I wonder why. Oh. It is confusing. They're, they're big, but it's, I mean, it, it shouldn't prevent game stores from, from getting their books. Mm. But it is still probably a big hassle for a lot. They're now going to have to source another. Um, so maybe there'll be a delay in, in getting new books and things after, because it looks like it, at the end of December is when this comes fully into effect. Mm. So there might be that after that, uh, you may struggle to get D&D books for a little while while all the logistics are sorted out if they're not sorted out before then. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hopefully not. It looks like, and I know they've said in the past, that um, Wizard of the Coast sort of see physical books as like a nice-to-have thing, and they want people to go digital and use things like D&D Beyond more. Um, sure. Yeah. And I I mean, if I had to choose one, I know I, I love physical books. I have bookshelves filled with like physical copies of books. But for D&D... I really do like the digital versions of stuff. I find it a lot easier running games, especially now when we're running so many online. Um, getting everyone in to make characters where I can see them all in one place, it's much easier than having to email people and like either they have to buy a book individually, but I can like as a DM I can share my like stuff with them on D and D Beyond, which is D&D really helpful. Beyond, right. So would they you... can Sorry, sorry James. Would you would you guys ever be interested if D and D Beyond were just like um look, here you go, you pay 20 quid a month and you have access to everything. Literally oh yeah, for that price, sure. But lot, I know that they, they don't do that. Their subscription, lot. so you pay a subscription fee to get mm. certain perks, but then to unlock content in other yeah. books, you, you have, have to buy, to buy that content separately. And I thought, correct me if I'm wrong, because I was actually looking into this recently. Um, 
Wasn't there once an option to only individually sort of a la carte buy races and and classes that you can still do that, right? Like I don't have to purchase the entirety of the book to unlock, you know, the the giants that came out in Bigby's Glory of the Giants, right? No, so yeah, so if you wanted to just, so it's usually for the adventures, um, if there's like new monsters. So yeah, Storm King's Thunder, you can buy just the, the new giant. Uh, stuff from from that or right. the magic items that are specific for that adventure but you don't need to then you just don't then get the parts of the book that right. are the the adventure um yeah. i think it's it's an it's a good way to do it and i know in the past where i've like found a magical item because you can see them uh you just can't add them to character sheets and stuff until you buy them so um mm. i'll i'll have bought like a pack of magical items from a certain book because they're huge they're very cheap it's like three ninety nine dollars or four ninety nine in like dollars um, right. so whatever convert right. that to gbp is like two pound fifty so i'm like yeah it's worth it i'll buy all, all the magic items and then um but yeah. I, I i like dnd beyond and i realized that dnd um which the coast have sort of taken some flack for not being community based but i think dnd beyond is a really good community tool for your individual table as a dm or as a as a player because sure. you sh- you can share with the tier of subscription that I have anyway, I can share all the books that I've bought with all my players mm-hmm. um, up to five individual games running at a time, but I'm mm-hmm. very rarely running more than five games at a time. Um, so they get access to all my stuff. And then in return, I get access to all the stuff. If your players have bought stuff, I know that like, quite a few of my players have started buying books on D&D Beyond because um, they like to have them or they've bought like the dual because you can now buy the jewel D&D Beyond and physical copies of books. Uh, so right. then if there's a book that I haven't bought, and they do. So if you're like in a D&D community or you're just playing in one group, then it's great because then you don't have to shell out as a DM or as a player for all the books. You can sort of buy a book at a time. They release, what, three a year at the moment? I feel like it's so, more than that. We're, we've gotten four already this year, right? Yeah, yeah, or we we're have, at least they getting. Have, they have because up, we're getting Planescape, we've gotten... Uh, Fandelver and below the Shattered Obelisk. We had um, was that this year? Was that yeah? Keys was this year. Sure, Keys was this year. Big B's was this year. Um, I want to say there was something else this year. I'm looking at my shelf right now. Was last year, I think. Yeah, Fizzbands was last year. I feel like there was something else, but yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. There's a lot. I know, by the way, speaking of D&D Beyond, I did see a notification that said, um, "Now is your chance to claim the free." Uh, Lost Mine of Fandelver starting adventure on D&D Beyond because after this, they are taking it off their website. Like, it's not going to be available anymore. So, or or yeah, maybe the... it will be, but you'll have to purchase it. Instead, the next sort of, like, free gift to get you into it will be Dragons of Stormwreck Isle. Yeah. And, um, which is great because I think I own that, I do own that adventure physically, but not digitally. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'll take it for free. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. I might be more incentivized to run it now that it's, you know, I'll have access to it digitally that way. But yeah. like you, James, I, I find it easier to run a game using D&D Beyond's stuff. And, and, yeah. and especially if it's a pre-written campaign, obviously, I have all, all in one tab next to the tab that I'm using to run a VTT. But to actually like read through the adventure, to sort of yeah. you know do the usual thing of absorbing all of it by reading it at once and then reading every specific chapter before you run it specifically. All of that I love to do physically because it gives me yeah. my precious away from my screen time, which I'm <laughs> yeah. starting to value a little bit more now yeah, that right. I'm older. Um, 
and also uh yeah i just i love the tactile feeling of a book i always have and yeah, i will i'm also a very like um placement learner i know where things exist in a physical space so for instance i actually don't like looking at digital watches because i i can sort of process the time better by looking at where the hands are and sort of understanding, ah, okay, there's this much spatial relation between this hand and that hand. And that tells me I have that much space until I need to be at work or I need to do this other thing or until oh, dinner wow, time or okay. whatever. Interesting. So I think spatially. And likewise uh-huh. with a book, I'm like, wow. ah, I don't remember exactly when this NPC stat block appeared in the book, like what it came after. Ah, but I know exactly what part of the page it was on and more or less mm. how deep into the book that page was. Yeah. So that's why i like doing that but it is obviously a convenience just having it in a tab i think for new players building characters dnd beyond is quite good because you get the drop down menus and stuff and you don't that's you can't that's the big go that wrong and it's very easy to pick up where you have gone wrong if if you do Mm. yeah um i i was wondering like i i wish that there was an option to just mass unlock all character creation options not magic items not monster stat blocks mm. just Unlock every race and class and subclass, please. Um, in one fell swoop. That way I can just do that one time, add it as they release or mm. unveil more, and then make that accessible to all my players. But to have to like look and say, oh, okay, so sure, you want to play a bugbear, but you want to get the Morden Canaan's version rather than the Volo's version or vice versa. Let's see if we can make that work. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Or just buy them. Any, any Otherwise, you have to buy them all. Um, yeah. So no, uh, that's all the um, penguin news. But uh, penguin news sounds so much more fun than penguin news. <laughs> penguin news. This week in penguin news, they're still cold <laughs> and they're still adorable. Uh, <laughs> they still have these tiny little tuxes. <laughs> the best dressed of all the of all the the zoo animals. Um, so. No, actually, I suppose following on from from that, I have had a chance to have a quick look at the two D map uh, function that they have brought into D and D Beyond Ooh. now for online game, gaming table. It is super basic, um, but <laughs> I love that bad, review. Not in a bad way. Um, oh, okay, All right. it's um, especially if you're running adventures off. Um, D&D Beyond, so if you've got the, the adventure book, it, it you can import a map directly into it, and then just import tokens, um, so uh, there's like a little token browser tab, and you can either add players, companions, or monsters into it. Um, so it's all done with a fairly simple click of the button. It's got the search function, so whatever you need to get in there. That's cool. Where do, you, where do you do this? On their uh, actual... Yes, um, on their actual website. Actual so um, you there is a tab along the top that if you are a master tier subscription member, I think, ah. um, you can then click on it and it will take you through and you can select one of your campaigns on D&D Beyond um, and then just go launch. It will launch it in a new window um, and you can add Fog of War to the maps that are already on there. Um, I've not tried to add a map that's not already in the game like a a pre-generated one already um there is a generic sort of empty one um like you would have on uh, like a wipe arrays map 
that you get for physical games is essentially one of those that's like nothing on it. It just all looks like sand. Uh, so it's one of those um, <laughs> if you if you want to physically draw stuff in yourself. Um, but mm. I think there is the option to add um, maps that you've uploaded yourself. Yeah, you can upload maps. Um, so it's That's pretty cool. cool. It's got the adventures. It's got all the source books on there, so you can just open that up and uh, and select from from those. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty cool, and it's got both the DM version of the map and the player version of the map. Um, you can put put down. Um, and reference back to so you can have a tab open i suppose with both if as a dm one for the players and one for you um to make your your reference and know uh what floor and areas there everything's coded towards uh it's it seems interesting i will have to at some point i'll probably not be a roll dark game because i'm it's so invested in, in roll 20 but in a personal game i will try using the maps um or get some some friends to test it with me to see sort of what the full capabilities of it are because by myself it's it's hard to see what other people see going into it um but yeah no it's um it seems promising they have stressed that it is nothing to do with the 3d virtual tabletop that they announced um which is based in the unreal engine uh, very different okay it is yeah so they've decided to do this um to sort of separate um between this uh, that and this so fans yeah. uh, who prefer this kind of game with a flat map um and maybe a little bit more control um are, are happy um while continuing to develop the the 3d vtt on top of it as well cool do we sounds know really what, interesting do we, do we know what the 3d vtt is going to look like yet is there any kind of um they released a video a while ago that looked awesome i'll be honest i'm psyched for it <laughs> yeah that was the one that we talked about last week that sort of looked like dwarven forge built yeah. out kind of oh yeah yeah similar to oh god what's the one on that you can get on steam alchemist dungeon alchemist yeah dungeon alchemist but, sure yeah it sort of like procedurally generates um yeah. rooms for you and yeah it, that looks sick i really I'm, I'm pretty sure my pc could run it and i'm tempted to to try it to generate maps but then i really like doing it all myself rather than just popping mm. into existence but it does look cool and if i was using a 3d tabletop and because you can export it in 3d if it lets you do that and bring it over from um from stuff like that yeah then i would probably get it to use in the D beyond um 3d tabletop true then if you put minis in and stuff that that feels like it's a bit of a shot in the dark that that'll yeah, work. Yeah, I but... don't think I don't think that will be the case. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they it would will. be cool if they did. Yeah, so, they would. Be you know, wizards, cool. if you're listening, which I know you definitely are, <laughs> <laughs> they take us very seriously at wizards. <laughs> Obviously, us specifically, not not DD players in general. But they have meetings about this podcast every yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Like, yeah, we did hear their episode last week. Yeah, what are we gonna do about that? (laughs) They've got like a whiteboard where they've got like tails from the tables and they've got like bits of string tied to like faces of (laughs) like black and white in this house with like sunglasses on, being like, This is our target. This is the guy who says he's gonna use the thing. I think I did just see someone move past your window, James. So, yeah, it might be it might be Chris Perkins. (laughs) Oh my god, (laughs) they found me. Oh, Christ. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, dear. Um, 
So uh, what new book releases will be supported with the new Maps tool? So all new book oh. releases and digital drops that have Maps will be supported in Maps. We will also start backfilling our existing catalog with official Map support. So at the moment, the ones I can see on our, I can see in there, and I think it's because I purchased them, are Keys from the Golden Vault and um, the Giants ones from Big B's god the giants that one glory of the giants glory, glory of the giants thank you right. yes that is uh that is it um so they have got a i think a place on the website where you can check what's being updated next and they will backfill i imagine if they have any sense at all the barovia ones will start to be uh chucked in there pretty sharpish um, uh, it would be as, smart of them <laughs> the most popular one yeah. and i'd have thought that would have been the first thing they did but, hey. I would love to see the metrics on their adventures and how many mm. purchases they have of every kind of different adventure, because surely that determines more so than the community at this point, what they plan on releasing and supporting and adding more content for and stuff. They obviously re-released Curse of Strahd. Yeah. I'm still miffed that they didn't do like a special hardcover edition of that book because I would have bought that coffin and I already owned most of the stuff in it. I had dice. I had a Toro oh, deck. Yeah, it was soft cover, wasn't it? Yeah, it was wasn't... soft cover. And it didn't even have like a new alternative art to it or anything. And they do that with yeah. so many of these new releases. And every book comes with an alt cover. And I'm like, how did you not do one for Curse of Strahd? It's you know what you need classic. to do, though? You'd sell a kidney or a lung and then buy the Beadle and Grimm's. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, oh, one day. You, have you seen these, Rob? There they are. Oh, oh, my oh, God. They're incredible. incredible. One more, one more type of interview. They're like Beedle, the Aston Martin of D&D books. <laughs> yeah. Beedle and Grimm's. Beedle and Grimm's. Oh, look If you type in that, you'll find the website. But they you do... just type in Beetle and Grimm, the first option that comes up. Like $400 for the legendary yeah. edition of Curse of Strahd. But well, the stuff you get with it, it is you get props. <laughs> yeah, like hand, like custom handouts yeah and manually made maps yeah um, oh wow this is yeah cool. oh yeah yeah yeah. this is it's, a whole rabbit hole it's amazing and i will never have the money to purchase it <laughs> unless Same. i get unless i get this new job uh <laughs> Gold I mean, Eberron. Oh, oh i know that one looks yeah. really cool too so many of them uh they're they're actually the really one cool. i was looking at the yeah there's like the um a lovely map of the circus they like the tickets for the circus as well you can give oh yeah players. yeah that's uh, right it all looks so cool i love that there's so much attention to the Witchlight carnival itself yeah when that's literally gonna take you maybe two or three sessions and then the rest of it has nothing to do with the carnival not, not nothing to do but i assumed it was all in the carnival oh that's no that's no 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 there's a portal in the carnival spoilers uh, Mm. big deal um but there's a portal in the carnival and as soon as you go through that you don't go back <laughs> that's it Ooh, okay yeah yeah i mean it's it's great but you know i ran this um for a group only once i'd read the book and i thought it was really good and i discovered very quickly that this is the kind of adventure that you need to um you need to have a very confident team of role players in order to get through it because it's so non-combat focused yes you mm -hmm. can have combat yes you also this is the first book that they touted as being able to get through it without ever having to actually have a combat you can talk your way out of almost any situation in there um, or there's alternative ways to resolve things um but the carnival itself especially is very theater of mind 
very delve into the whimsy of it. You have to like be ready to love a circus, love a carnival in order to really get what you, what Mm. you wanted. If you go in kind of expecting just like a fun romp in D and D where you kill a few goblins and have, you know, beer and pretzels experience. That's not it. That's not what wild beyond the witch light is. It's very role play heavy. It's kind of feels like it was made for actors in a way, actually. Okay. I think I'd probably yeah. quite enjoy playing it, but yeah, I can imagine, and especially as a starter adventure mm. or new players, throw them in the deep end. Because it's not even, so that's what, like the keys from the Golden Vault, you can avoid combat for a lot of a lot of it if you want to. But yeah. they're definitely, there the, is, the, the books seem to be going in that direction, I think. Yeah. But, they're, but like with a heist adventure, you have a framework of what you're working with. I feel like if you just say to players, oh, you're at a carnival, what do you do next? Or this is what you see. It requires a lot from them to engage. Yes. There's yeah, not absolutely. like a pre-knowledge there or like a knowledge of tropes that they can rely on like they mm. do with the, with the Golden Vault where like, right. okay, there's not combat, but that's fine because I know what I'm doing. I'm hanging from ropes and I'm uh, sneaking through doors and lock picking and like Indiana Jonesing mm-hmm. one heavy thing with another heavy thing to make sure the pressure plate doesn't go off. Exactly, you get it. But yeah, that's why I've always said I think the the D and D formula works best with its namesake, fighting and dungeoning. It, yeah. it it shines in a dungeon because you are taking it step by step. You're working as a team. You're making active checks. Yes, you can have non-combat encounters or non-trap encounters in a dungeon. You can have RP in a dungeon, plenty of it, in fact. Mm-hmm. But outside of the dungeon, that's where I think it shows a little bit more of the stress on the seams. Yeah, it it obviously still works. We run campaigns that are not only exclusively dungeons, but that's where the formula shines the most. Whereas outside of it, it there's a little bit more of a struggle. You have to more of like a yeah what do you do what would you like to do yeah. people sometimes in a, especially newbies in a game that they don't really know the rules to or, or may not have a lot of experience with they'll they'll say well what are we allowed to do like what can we do but and it requires a lot from that person be like well yeah. it's a sandbox do whatever you want go to the tavern and order a drink go to the library and search for a secret passage go to the top of the hill and make friends with a hawk it doesn't really matter you know yeah. but they yeah i've i've found a lot of resistance to that they're like um uh and sometimes people are like great i can do anything and they go right in they Mm -hmm. delve into in incredible things and other times they feel like they need more of a guiding hand all depends on your players obviously yeah yeah definitely yeah I, i i think um i can't really imagine doing a game without a dungeon to be honest hmm i mean obviously i can imagine it but i think that the you really have you really test your players in a dungeon you can really like test like like for their teamwork and how they can like i think in a way if you especially if you've got beginners it's good to have a dungeon because it because it's a really it's a really what's the word i'm looking for it's an easy to imagine situation to be in and from there it's a good it's a good framework to build out from when you start to build like a more intricate world because i think when you when you first play DD, certainly with like when i've played with beginners they did they you can overwhelm them very quickly with with details and in a dungeon it's very simplistic you go okay you're in a room this is what you can see mm-hmm. this 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 and this what do you do yep. you know and then and then they can like they then they flesh out the details themselves exactly 
Yeah. Exactly. The, the, the constraints of a room at a time, I think, yeah. is, is a huge help to that. And they understand what they're, they're working with. Likewise, yeah. and I think that's why the tavern approach works so well, because it's one area, a limited amount of things that they can do in that area. And it's a familiar enough sort of real world parallel. Everyone has been to a bar. So yep. people or, you know, have fantasized about being old enough to go to a bar. So um, that kind of immediately puts you in that mindset and be like, oh, OK, this is a semi-familiar setting with things that are slightly out of the ordinary. Like, you know, it's not a regular Joe Schmo serving me a drink. It's a half orc or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, so. exactly. Right. Yeah. But oh. you're right, Rob. I think I think. A dungeon is a great introductory tool. I'm not going to say all of my one shots have dungeons in them, but I think a large majority do. Or if they if they're not a dungeon, they're a dungeon esque experience, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. I have um obviously you remember that uh <laughs> the the holiday one shot I I, I run oh, yeah, yeah, um yeah. gnome alone or uh, no, but, no. Uh, Home and Home and Gnome. Well, we had to change it. It was going to be Gnome Alone, but then there was a Netflix movie. There was a Netflix movie, wasn't there? Back when I was worried that we'd get done for copyright. Now I'm just right, right. Hey, we could always go back. So we called it Home and Gnome. Just apologize. Oh, sorry. We didn't realize. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, if they if they find us, that means they're not doing very well. Whatever company produces, yeah, right. <laughs> Gnome and Gnome. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's sue this like micro entity that's, yeah. <laughs> that's run from a we guy's basement. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah you know um, but yeah, the 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 players and, and this one, by the way, in case you, anyone ever wants to play this with me, I love running this one shot. Um, it's very Home Alone based, obviously tongue in cheek, and rather than you defending the house from bandits by setting traps. You are the bandits trying to overcome the traps from a very, very cheeky um, gnome who's still inside the house called Keevan McCrallister. Um, <laughs> and you have to, yeah. you, know, you know, the doorknobs have heat metal spells on them. And D4s are the tree uh, decorations that when you break the window, you step on by mistake. Brilliant. Things like that. They're the caltrops. Are you so, going to run it this year? Yeah. Heck, heck yeah. I'd love yeah. to. <laughs> Cool. I'll run it every year as long as I get people interested. Yeah. What about Halloween one shot? You guys interested in doing Halloween one shot? Oh, yes. Yeah, I'd love to do a Call yeah, of Cthulhu one shot mm -hmm. or a Dread. Mm -hmm. I still need to get Dread. I got ten candles, but that is an impossible one to run online. That yeah, would you can't do that online. Yeah, physical. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it would just all you be you be in a room in a, with ten with candles. candles. Be like, and else are you scared yet? <laughs> There must be a way to do it though. If you had the right software, you could make ten candles. Surely I'm sure. You just, you just, you just, yeah. you just do the, you know. Is there like a conversion the impact, for it? But yeah. Is there a conversion for it on? Um, oh God, what's that Steam tabletop simulator? It must be. Oh, probably. Maybe you could do it in, too. If you could do it in candles. VR, it might work. Yeah. Ten candles. Uh, I think any other way. If you if you were just sat here Online. like we are now at our computers, it even if it was pitch black. <laughs> You couldn't play tank. Yeah, just, yeah. people are like on their phones, and you just see like their significant others moving in the background, yeah. or a pizza getting delivered. You're like, all right, well, now, now the mood is broken. I did, yeah, I, yeah, I did finally get my physical copy of the Ten Candles book come come through. Uh, it took hey. a couple of months to get it, but because um, I think they, <clears> I just got the uh, thing I backed but... on Kickstarter like two years ago, more I think. Um, do you guys know MCDM, Matt Colville's yes. company? Yeah. Um, he released a really cool, so he's a, for those of you who don't know, he's a YouTuber, uh, D and D aficionado. He's been playing D and D for, uh, his whole life and he's a games designer. He's very personable and charismatic and he, 
um, has released this series of books at this point, Strongholds and Followers and a whole bunch of others. But his latest one is basically tinkering with monsters and taking established tropes, obviously introducing new monsters too, so you have more content, but taking established common tropes and kind of making more out of them so that your goblin boss now really feels more like a boss right with special mm -hmm. kinds of actions that he can take on different rounds and stuff like that so the concept sounded amazing and he finally put that through along with a whole bunch of other new monster stats um so i'm really excited to delve into that because he always releases Great. good stuff yeah 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 i think that's the only problem i have with kickstarters though is the the lead time from Ugh. backing it to receiving what i'm too impatient for that i yeah, mean same. dwarven forge is too expensive to, to to back personally for me anyway but that uh, there are so many cool um start like startups on on kickstarter but i think by the time i i usually find stuff that i would like to use very soon and i'm like oh mm. that'd be so great for this game that i've got coming up but it won't release until a year after that's ready. finished. Yep. <laughs> so yep. we should wait. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's good for, I suppose, stuff like books or that I've seen some for the STL files for 3D printers, if you've already got a 3D printer, um, that you can then almost immediately get once it's finished. It's not a long yeah. lead time because they can just email everyone who's backed these files. Um, and you don't tend to need to back with a whole lot of money either because obviously the the main uh, cost there is going to be the physical printing stuff that you have right, to do yourself. Right. The actual material. Do you have your own yeah. 3D printer? Uh, I, d I do, technically, uh, but, but it is unused and I need to sell it. Uh, so listeners, <laughs> not that I, uh, I'm going to make a habit of touting stuff on it, but I have a, a <laughs> resin 3D printer um that I, I need to get rid of so if anyone's interested uh stick, stick it in the discord there you go <laughs> um, cool. and I, if, if you're coming to roll fest i can bring it there <laughs> <laughs> hey a meetup look at that it's all solved for you all you now got to do is buy it uh, it's uh it's a elegu elegu mars 2 pro i think nice um but yes i, I just i don't have the space or um as it turns out want to work with resin uh, i've decided that actually it's a nightmare ah. <laughs> yeah i should have researched more before toxic. i impulse bought it but mm. like i was having having a midlife crisis so i bought one <laughs> yeah fair <laughs> enough I'm, I'm always having those it's <laughs> literally like one, 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 one a week <laughs> the amount of crap i've got on my amazon cart is ridiculous i'm just like i'm just oh, like yeah. oh should i buy it 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 wait till wait till black friday yeah exactly. mm, smart yeah. Oh, that's why i, I feel like i need to spoil myself this black friday i have i've not done black friday shopping in like a couple of years and i finally just got i sold my car um because i've moved back to new york city so i'm i'm uh i'm feeling yeah. getting something i don't know i gotta make it special i don't know what it I is think, but every... i i think i think jc that the perfect mm. gift that you could give yourself would be thousand year old vampire thousand year old vampire i've been hearing so many good things i you know what i'm gonna write that uh, down uh, yeah yeah i think i think that would be because it's a, a one player rpg it's a book you've got loads of cool stuff that it comes comes with it it's I think it would be because I because I'm because I'm like it's in it's in my cart at the moment actually I'm just <laughs> yeah, you're eyeballing it. It's my uh, it's my it's my birth it's my birthday on Sunday so I'm like oh, oh nice yeah, I'll give myself a little present. 
Wow. Gameplay can last from hours to weeks. Yeah, man. The storytelling game revolves around documenting the life of a vampire, relying on the use of dice to generate open-ended prompts, which the mm. player interprets and records as experiences. That sounds so cool. That sounds like yeah, those old yeah. like journal cool. prompts. Yeah. In, in Livingston. And, yes. Uh, Peter Jackson, wasn't it? Was it yeah, he, I yes, think so. it was. Yeah, it definitely Ian Livingston. It definitely was. Because the the other guy started um, for uh, Warhammer. Yes, it was. There was oh. two of them. Because we're going Ian Livingston didn't Ian Livingston go on to do Warhammer stuff? Um, I don't think Ian Livingston. Well, maybe. I know. I know mm. both of the both of them are, are basically that they're they're like the English versions of. But yes, the guy they, um, the guy X. There is oh. a um, oh, Steve Jackson. Not Steve Peter Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Peter Steve Jackson, Jackson Lord of the Rings, right? Steve Jackson, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I get confused with my Jackson. There is a Switch version of one of the games, like a video game version of the Choose Your Own Adventure book, where essentially you have to just choose the, from the options you would in the book. Um, but it's like 3D, almost like a board game tabletop that it looks like. It looks oh, wow. really cool. Um, and the combat's like quite interesting. Um, and it's like return to table t- the, the, the mountain like something mount- skull mountain or something like that mm. um, it's going to annoy me that I can't remember the bloody name of it now um, is it um, I know the warlock of which is it the warlock of um, oh, the warlock of hilltop that's mountain book, that's the first book yeah it's the first yeah. one they did I have a box set of all I've of them oh, I don't know what mountain? my parents did with mine firetop <laughs> I had to yep, firetop Nintendo firetop thank you yes interesting that's Ooh. that's cool i i've enjoyed playing that and you have like <laughs> lots of different heroes that you can take in to do it because obviously you will die a lot because you will make the wrong choices oh right i see i'm looking at screenshots to see what you mean yeah it looks like a 3d game board exactly yeah with I was, it, makes, um, it makes a very satisfying little clicky clacky noise as you like move oh nice <laughs> and it's on your switch which really is tactile yeah. too which must be good. It's it's pretty it's you, pretty cool. Do you guys like Labyrinth? Oh, I yes. love Labyrinth. Because I've Hell got the, yes. I've got the Labyrinth RPG <gasps> here. But what? Oh, it's I've huge. Never, <laughs> I've it's never. Big. You open it up and you've got your dice inside there, inside the page. Oh, that's so. Oh, there's a slot for it in the book. That how you've got cool like a is that? little little thing here with all these little mm. ribbons and stuff. Oh. I I'm keep, obsessed. I keep, I keep meaning. I keep meaning to play it because it is one yeah, player. Yes. Please bring this to Roll Dark Fest. We gotta <laughs> like. We gotta check it out. Yeah, perfect first time player. Easy to learn. Massive two hundred page adventure for you to explore. Oh, with your friends. Oh, damn. Need oh, friends. Bugger. We supposed to have those. Don't forget the, about your friends. Let me read the back. So, through dangers untold and hardships unnumbered, I have fought my way here to the castle beyond the goblin city take back the child that you have stolen for my will is as strong as yours and my kingdom is as great oh i can never forget i can never remember the last bit you have no power over me how could she never remember that bit you know that's the film, right. she, she forgets it doesn't she so that's like the own bit so how could she not remember that you have no power over me that's this brilliant is, <laughs> this is jim henson's labyrinth the adventure game are you brave enough to face the Goblin King and defeat the Labyrinth? Within the pages of this beautiful replica of Sarah's book, you will find everything you need to explore the Labyrinth. Easy to learn rules, perfect for first-time players. Massive 200-page adventure for you to explore with your friends. Special, uh, I can't read that word. Obulity. What's that word say? Oubl- Oubl- Sorry, I'm just, I'm, I'm, 
I'm dyslexic. Is that? It's a little blurry, but I think that says oubliette. It's like a dungeon with access through a hatch. Ah, okay. Containing a pair of beautifully engraved labyrinth dice. Right. So in this case, it's referring to the slot in the book. Yeah. 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 Yes. That looks pretty cool. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to give that a go. That does look cool. Um. Yeah. I found. I went to a. Kind of like one of those street fairs, but it was a big one. This was in LA about a year ago, and I found a book uh, illustrated by Jim Henson and the guy who does all the stuff for, or used to do all the stuff for Jim Henson and Labyrinth and Dark Crystal. The oh, nice. his, his the Frank name Holtz? is um, no Brian, Brian. I don't know how to say his last name. It might be Froud or Frued or or something along those lines. Brian Froud. He was. I think he's still around, actually. He's still doing this stuff. He was involved with the legacy of the Dark Crystal Netflix show oh, not oh, too okay. long ago. It was a book of fairies and like just his art oh. and looking at some of like the mythology behind them. And it was gorgeous. It's this oh, wow. coffee table sort of book um, full of these, you know, very labyrinth-esque sort of drawings of pixies and sprites and brownies and hobgoblins and stuff like that. Oh, it was very, very awesome. You've just, I do you've like just, a you've table just, book. yeah, you've just reminded me actually. I watched the first episode of Encounters on Netflix. You know the UFO documentary. Oh yeah, right. Have you guys yeah. seen it? It's just, no, it's just, it's literally just yeah. come out. Well, the first episode is really interesting because it's based in Wales, and Wales is obviously you know still got its own language, its own Celtic language, mm. and they there was this encounter that happened in the seventies with these um, everyone seeing like these kids in a school seeing these alien spacecraft these, these alien beings knocking around there's a guy walking down the lane who saw this creature was like what the hell is that and there's a family in a house um, like literally like eight or ten miles away that saw this giant creature outside the house as well well they talk about it being aliens but actually the the folk that live there believe it more to be fairies mm, and because because cool. in Welsh culture they still very much believe in mythical creatures and fairies in particular and fairies aren't wow. and that the welsh have a different relationship to fairies than what the rest of the, the rest of the world do in fact they the rest of the world obviously seems like little magical creatures or this kind of stuff the welsh see them as like malevolent like yeah. like literally like they're like evil creatures that yeah. that cause yeah. all sorts of problems like this guy who was a farmer he went out into he put his cows into a shed on the same night all this happened and then he went to go to his shed that that evening because he had a phone call from the guy down the other farmer down the road being like why are your cows all in my fields and he's like what Whoa. so he goes to his shed his shed's empty and all of his cows are in this other guy's field and he's like and the first thing he thinks is those bloody fairies yep bloody fairy <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey if you've got a, if your country's flag has got a dragon on it then you've exactly got yeah well i mean listen we're gonna be right on the cusp right we're going to be on the border of wales when we do roll dark fest because that's will, yeah um yeah. where is it why hey it? hey on hey on why yeah hey so on it's, why. it's it. um it, it, they do they do consider themselves to be well to be wales and right. everyone 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 that talk everyone that lives there pretty much has a welsh accent welsh right but it's it's beautiful you should see it it's gorgeous it's a gorgeous little place yeah there's um there's like they have like a book festival there a literary festival there every year and it's it's oh it's lovely Lovely. Yeah, but I've been to the Manor Place a couple of times because um, a friend of mine had his birthday party there. Um, well, I think it was like five years ago, something like that. Oh, nice. And it's it's set in like a lovely grounds. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous. Really, really yeah. good. And the Manor is like perfect for what we want. And we're for. going in, in autumn. It's going to be gorgeous. Yeah. The, the fall November, coloring November, the leaves. November 25th. 
Yeah. We still have tickets available <laughs> as well, by the way. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it's available. <laughs> Subtle working that in yeah. all the way from talking about David Bowie yeah, right. and Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've only got four tickets left, actually. Wow. I think that's all we have left. But, we got to um, add some more. Get some more. They're available. In. Yep. Go on the website, Roddock website. Check them out. www.roddock.co.uk. Nice. I've started buying minis for my my players. Cool. Nice. Uh, otherwise, otherwise nice. they won't be delivered on time for me to paint Actually, them or sorry, anything. Gotta so, get on that. Um, yeah. Because well, I order from Etsy, which means that the it's not like Amazon where they'll turn up the next day all, <laughs> all sorted. Yeah, Etsy is. takes like a freaking like months, six months yeah, to yeah. get anything well, done. Yeah. Why, why so long? Like, do, just, do they not have like the stock there? Like, you know, I, like, well, I mean, oh, I'll just yeah. order something. Well, Let me just put it in this all box. It's handmade and... stuff, isn't it? So, right, like, right. minis that order. I'm ordering. Yeah, it's made to order. The minis are made yeah, to order. Right. So, well, that makes sense. Um, I've got some cool, cool monsters. Um, and then, yeah, some character. Um, you don't want, you don't want to talk about them, do you, James? Because that would be. I don't want to talk about the monsters, but I can talk. <laughs> so, uh, there's like a dwarf fighter that one of uh, a rune keeper dwarf that um, someone's bringing. So, I ordered, ordered one of those. Um, and uh, there was an artificer, and I don't have any artificer minis, so I've had to order a couple actually. Um, you, you, you guys say, uh, say, say, art, say, say what you just said. Artificer, artificer. 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 Is it not? Art, is it not artificer? People say it yes. differently. Because, yeah, because, my, because my, my dad was in the navy, and he was an artificer, and that's what they yeah. call it. They, are, they call him an artificer. Artific- it's like basically, uh, you, basically like an engineer. Correct. You, are, yeah. you are right, Rob, and I know right? that because right. I listened to the Terry Pratchett. Um, audiobooks and it's the street of cunning artificers um but ah uh, yeah <laughs> yeah you listen to too much american television yep i also <laughs> apparently i i blame artificers. every person i've heard say artificer before me so yeah, right. yeah artificer i think is Ar- the right artificer. one right artificer, sure. yeah sure yeah. but i i hear so many mispronunciations or or people saying oh, things differently in the I'm, game I'm, I'm dreadful. You, you know that spell Aluminum. spelled g-e-a-s do you know how many times I hear different pronunciations of this? Oh, is it Gaius? So the Gaius. latest one, uh, shout out to Sophie in my in my teen game. Um, she looked up the pronunciation just last week, and uh, according to that, it's Gaish. Gaish. Or, or, no, I'm sorry, a Gish, I think it is. Gish. Gish. Um, but I've heard people say everything like Gish, Gaish, Gaius. I, I think I've heard someone once say Jaish. And I was like, really? Gaish. <laughs> a soft G? <laughs> God, they don't make it easy, do they? Indeed. Do you know what I really appreciated when they started bringing out this is how you pronounce this at the beginning? I think yeah. um, Descent and oh, Terminus yeah. had it. Yeah. Yeah, this is how you pronounce this word. I was like, yeah. oh, that's really helpful. Because like, I, I, I literally can't read. I, I read off memory, which is, I know, is like bizarre thing to sort of say. But I'm, Have I'm you very... done the. Huh? On DD Beyond? Where you can um, do the all day, oh, the like, little audio clip. Right. I do that. Yeah. I do that all the time. I'm always like clicking it, and it's like, like <laughs> vampire. Yeah. Yeah. Am I crazy, <laughs> or is half of those voiced by Matt Mercer? They are. Right? They are. Yeah. And his misses. And his misses as well. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew. Yeah, I was like, that sounds like a like Keyleth if I've ever heard her before. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It definitely is. Yeah, because I'll, I'll, I'll. Sometimes I'll see it there, and I'm like, well, I know how to say this, but I'm curious what, what. What they say it like, and he's like basilisk, and I'm like, oh, that's Matt. There he is. <laughs> do do Wizards of the Coast own Critical Role? No, no, no. no. There's a big, a yeah. big relationship with them. Yes, 
Yes. They, I mean, Critical Role themselves kind of treaded the line. Remember back in January when all shit hit the fan with Wizards yeah, yeah, of the yeah. Coast and everything else? Yeah. They kind of treaded the line too. And I, I thought that was super brave considering how, you know, quote unquote deep in bed they were together, Critical yeah. Role and just Wizards. Yeah. Um, but they were like, hey, we support um, free gaming and we support free creativity and people's IP being respected and stuff like that. And we're coming up with our own stuff and they launched it now. You know, they, you can go watch, um, their can Candela Obscura, is it? Mm. Um, which I hate saying it that way. Candela Obscura, (laughs) um, (laughs) it would be Candela Obscura. So is that, is that basically their version of Dungeons and Dragons? Like they're an RPG, is it? In a, in it's a, it's an RPG. Yes. Mm. I don't know that it's exactly like D and D. I'm going to be honest. I haven't caught up and I haven't watched, but Mm. from its description, it actually sounds a lot more like a sort of light call of Cthulhu murder mystery esque sort of, uh, system. Okay. Mm. In a That's way, a have you have you caught any of this, got. James? No, I haven't. But that, yeah, the sort it of looks murder like mystery, almost Call of Cthulhu esque sort of vibe is one. Yeah, thing, like a little lighter, a little less maybe deadly than Call yeah. of Cthulhu. You're right. you're you have the role of an investigator. Um, I think this comes out of uh, their general love for for that system they did do some they did do a cool a couple of cool cthulhu games they streamed uh, at yeah. one point their cast now i i did i did watch that the crystal car crystal cast crystal museum or something like oh that. actually here i've i've got an overview that pretty much sums it up candela obscura is a new tabletop role-playing game that places you in the roles of investigators working for an esoteric order in this game of gothic horror individuals of varied talents are brought together under the organization candela obscura You'll pursue strange occurrences and encounter dangerous magics, fighting back against a mysterious source of corruption and bleed. Candela Obscura is the first to use the Illuminated Worlds system, a newly designed system that uses six-sided dice and lends itself to narrative arc-driven play. Yeah, so so yeah, that's kind of the vibe I was getting. The sort of gothic, maybe a little less uh, Cthulhu, sort of 1920s traditional vibe, and more... Kind of like a vampire, yeah, vampire sort of esque. ghost. Yeah, I, yeah maybe Victorian still, horror, basically. Yeah, okay, it sounds cool. like Victorian horror crossed with like an X Files type right. deal, whether you're mm. investigating for an for an organization. But yeah, okay, yeah, Tal- Jeff, I feel like is the one responsible for for this because he's obviously their game master or lore master, or whatever the GM version of it is. And um, I, I'm really intrigued. I. I do yeah. really want to watch it i just need to find time as per usual is yes. is the game actually available for people to buy and to play themselves or is it just, we just watching you know them kind of promoting it this um this website i'm on says that there's a quick start guide and there's a video on how to play with a blank circle sheet field guide reference sheets and here's the crazy thing i think apart from the dice and some merch um i believe this is free uh because there's a button that says download now. Yeah, and all there I is a physical button coming email. out. <laughs> so I'm going to try this at live. We're going to see what happens. <laughs> but yeah. How cool is that? It says the full core rule book will come out late 2023. Uh, right. But you can okay. start so this playing is like today a with a quick start guide. Yeah. Yeah. I have officially downloaded the 16.5 megabyte quick start zip file. There you go. <laughs> Dated May 30th. So now we know when this was all prepared this is really cool i um 
can't wait to start looking into this. But yes, Rob, I will also look into Thousand Year Old Vampire because that also sounded awesome and something I would absolutely yeah. love to do. Get back to writing a bit more. Yeah, I love yeah. that sort of shit. It's it's it's, def- it's definitely on my list. It's I think I'm gonna I'm gonna give Labyrinth a go. I'm gonna give it a go tonight. I think I might um see how I'm getting on. I'm currently yeah. reading. I'm currently reading um uh the graphic novel All Star Superman at the moment. Nice. Oh, nice. Written by Grant Morrison. So that, that's um kind of going through that where Superman flies too close to the sun and gets cancer. Oh and wow! It's the, like yeah, it's uh, a deep plot. Yeah. It's a weird. It's a very very deep plot. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's it's a good book. It is a good book. Yeah. I'm looking forward to reading it. Yeah, have cool. you just back jumping back super quick to the labyrinth discussion? Have you are you a mm. fan of the Dark Crystal? Of course. Have you seen yeah, the Netflix it. show? I do you know what I started watching it and mm. I and I just checked out. I just couldn't it couldn't hold my attention enough. That was my that was my first experience through it. I okay. I think I watched one maybe one and a half episodes and I was like, yeah, I don't know, I'm just kind of not my thing. And I don't know how this happened, but I got back like I, I started watching it again. I don't remember if a friend told me to get back into it or something. And I got to recommend it to everybody here. It's phenomenal. By Is the it? end of it, I was so invested and so angry that there was only one season because they really set up like you would watch the whole, you know, oh, wow. revolution. I'm like, it's my dream that that will one day get refunded and we can continue the work that they did on it. There's a whole, I think, 30 minute or more special on the background work on how yeah. to how they actually yeah. did it and revived all these old you know from the original 1980s film and everything amazing um it's so good it's got a stacked cast anya taylor joy is in it um jason isaacs i think is in it he is it mark hamill doing something mark hamill well. i was gonna yeah, say mark hamill, mark hamill um, does the, he does this skexies doesn't he yeah he he's, yeah, the, he's the the scientist i, I want to say that that one of the skexes um keegan michael key is in it very briefly yep. as one of the skexes as well wow. jason isaacs i think is the emperor so he's the he's the sort of leader of them um there's Brilliant. so so much talent in that whole pool oh, yeah, and not just the yeah. voice cast but like everything about it the adventure is really good the story is really good the way it pieces the story together up until the end you obviously know where this who the skexis are but seeing it from the perspective of the others is really awesome and seeing how they slowly start to realize that they are being manipulated by these folk that they view as semi-divine and how they eventually rebel is so awesome so stick with it for three episodes if if you don't get through it by then then you're probably not going to gonna care for it but if you can make it past those three it's super worth it okay cool i'll definitely yeah. check it out i um i actually used to make uh puppets years ago really yeah well, I used to make, you're a man I used of to make many them. talents yeah. <laughs> i used to make them i'll show you i'm trying to, i'm trying to see if i can find some pictures i'm just scrolling through my old facebook here nice. trying to find them but um but yeah no i used to uh, yeah i, I really I, I love puppets I, i'm massively into like puppeteering and that kind of thing it's one of those things that i've always I've always loved and I've always wanted to try and like, I, I, I sort of dabbled with turning it into a career, but there's mm. just like, there's just like no money in puppeteering whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's a dying trade, unfortunately, which is a real, real shame because it's such a lovely thing. Yeah. It really I have always been impressed out about when we do this podcast. You managed to talk without moving your mouth at all. <laughs> I never did. Yeah. I've never done ventriloquy. I've never done that. Never, never been a ventriloquist. But, um, <laughs> 
Let's see if I can find it. Oh, it's about a bit too far back. At the Fringe, time. I saw a really good puppet show. I think it was called uh, Bill's 44th Birthday or something around that line. It was a silent show, only with um, cool. um, music and puppets and effectively like one puppet and like three puppeteers at most to do the other object work. But yeah, there is something rather beautiful about taking something and simplifying it down to a very interpretive level. So it was all silent, mm. but it still told a very deep story. One of the deeper stories that we saw at the French. So it was really awesome. That's such a weird combination, oh, nice. but that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm just scrolling through my old Facebook here trying to find. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we shall we do a tale from the table in the meantime? Yeah. While you're, while you're yeah. looking. Yeah. Okay. Why not? Go for it. Um, I've got a uh, submission from Jordan's weekly Chronicles of Aaron game. Um, so a little story of combat prowess from last week's session of Jordan's Chronicles of Aaron game in his own words. While in the plain of water, the party were pointed towards a sunken ship, likely located in the Sea of Lights, as part of an arrangement where they were to retrieve its treasure in exchange for a prisoner's release. The party, following their normal methods of approach, took a direct route into the damaged hold of the ship, where they were promptly ambushed by some Sahuagan lying in wait. Several rounds of combat later, and some additional sharks joining the fray, the enemies had been mostly defeated when the party fighter decided things were well enough in hand that he was going to open another door in the ship. Rookie mistake, fighter. This error led him taking, or led him, or led to him, sorry, taking three tridents to the gut, several more stab wounds, and a guiding bolt on top of that all. A friendly greeting from the Sohagan priestess and baron waiting in the next room. On 2 HP and with the panic setting in, the fighter bravely retreated so the party could administer some healing. Very nice. Realizing the severity of the situation, the dwarf bard chugged a potion of stone giant strength and took the front line to give the fighter some breathing space. A quick round of heals and a timely application of the haste spell, and the fighter was right back into the melee. Intent on revenge for the new holes in his stomach, the fighter laid in with his flame-tongued sword, hasted, with an action surge thrown in, dishing out well over 65 damage in a single turn. Not enough to outright kill the Sahuagan Baron, but certainly enough to allow his allies to finish him off in the same round. I wish I could say the party had learned their lesson, but unfortunately, before the other Swahagan and priestesses were defeated, another door was opened, and combat continues. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yep. Jordan, I think we can all relate. Mm-hmm. Being like, all right, looks like the party has it in hand. What's, what's next in this dungeon? I open this door. Ah, you've activated my trap card. <laughs> <laughs> But wait, there's more. Exactly. Yeah, brilliant. Nice. Brilliant. Well, I can't find any pictures of my old puppets I used to make. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I don't know put them, put them on the Discord when you when you I find will. them. People can tune in and, and look at that. And then if they have yeah. no context, they're like, why are there these just random pictures? Of <laughs> yeah, pictures. Yeah, right. We can point them to the podcast. <laughs> weird, like little <laughs> fluffy things everywhere. <laughs> mm. well, I used to love doing it. It was it was a real labor of love. It was. Um, yeah, because there's because I, I spent sort of a good a good couple of years learning how to do how well how to perfect the um, the Henson stitch, which is basically what Jim Henson invented. This stitch where you could join two bits of fabric together and not see the seam, 
gotcha. and um, and that's what he did. But um, yeah, but I do love it. I I hate the fact that Disney have bought the Muppets because when you because you know they they fired Frank Oz. So yeah. what? Um, yeah. So the so Miss Piggy isn't Miss Piggy's voice. It's some <gasps> some other dude. Yeah. How did they fire Frank? How does one fire Frank Oz? I know, I know. In the, in the Muppets movie, they were like, they were like, I think he he either had like he had basically loads of creative creative differences with them with the new Muppets film that came out, and he wanted it to go in a different way, and they were like, no, no, no. And they just got rid of him. It was just like anyone could do Miss Piggy's voice, but you literally listen to her voice in that film, and it isn't her. Right. And it's not you Frank can tell Oz, too. You can tell right. straight away. Oh. Yeah, you can tell straight away. Yeah, real shame. Ooh, I didn't realize that. Hey ho, there you go. What yeah. what year did that Muppet movie come out? Because I always get this one confused with a one I think that came out in the mid two thousands with um uh what's his name from How I Met Your Mother? Jason something. Oh, right. Seagal. Yeah, yes. yes. Seagal. Not that's right. Something like that. Yeah. Seagal. That's right. Yeah. This is um if you guys if you guys are into puppets these are these are basically how you train how you train yourself to be a, a puppeteer hmm. is you use these guys here. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> how cool is that? Hey. What's going on? <laughs> uh, listeners, you can't see, but it's essentially uh, a pair of uh, of googly eyes. eyes, googly yep. eyes, <laughs> attached to the back of Rob's hand now. <laughs> With listen, listen, right? now, now listen here, okay? I'm just a guy who's doing a podcast now. I'm taking over. You guys are fat. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here, All right, let's wrap it up. up. We're done. Oh, Rob, no, come back. <laughs> oh, no. We need him. I'm now the guy who's doing the thing. <laughs> Brilliant. What you laughing at? We need him as a uh, recurring. I told you to go away. I'm, what? I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. Get out of here, man. Anyway, sorry, sorry, <laughs> it's been nice talking to you all this week. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's like, I've, I have these moments of madness where I just uh, I love these things. They're so cool. They're like two quid. And you just yeah, you just stick them cool. on your fingers and, and then you got a puppet. <laughs> my dog is terrified of it oh no <laughs> yeah. my dog is terrified because i've got i've got some puppets at home still obviously from when i made them and and every now and again i'll bring them out and and tony just he just looks at them and he's just like <laughs> i can see he's like he's like he, like he knows he knows they're not real and that terrifies him right right but he's like, like but they still it. can move and talk when he when yeah. Rob does stuff, what it's is so this? so bizarre? Even though, even if it's my voice, and even in my hand, <laughs> if I do it with my hand, sometimes he's like he's like, that's he just looks. He's like it's like as if it's some like as if it's a like, creature. What, what is that? Yeah. What what is going on? What's up with so his hand? Up. It came alive. <laughs> yeah, right. I've got, I've got this great pair of slippers that look like polar bear heads, and my cats are so concerned with them whenever <laughs> I wear them around the house. I walk into a room <laughs> and they like, put their little paws together. <laughs> like, yeah. We have concerns. They, they hunched down, they crouched, ready to <laughs> ready to attack these two little polar bear faces oh, coming at them. <laughs> brilliant. 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 That's great. So, so do we have um, any horror stories? Okay, so I found one which is a bit of a horror story, but I think it has a good talking point, and I want to get your opinions okay, on sweet. this, as I always do. So this is from Reddit, from the D&D Horror Stories uh, subreddit. Question about an overheard argument at the gaming store's TTRPG night. So last night, my table was taking a break so we could run out and get dinner from the local fast food joints. I was in the first group leaving and was one of the first ones back and was just sitting there eating and making sure our stuff didn't walk away from the table without us when I heard some arguing. arguing. It turns out that this player was accused of metagaming because he knew what a certain monster was. 
I never did find out what exactly the critter in question was, but since this was a new campaign started at level one, I'm assuming that it was a pretty low CR monster. DM was screaming that he would have never seen the creature before, but the player countered with, I fought one in my backstory that you approved. Now, I know how I'd have handled that. I might have said, isn't that metagaming to know about the critter? But as soon as they said it was in the backstory I approved of, I'd have shrugged and said, oh, okay, fair enough, and left it at that instead of turning it into a 15-minute heated argument that ended with the table breaking up for the evening. So I'm curious how y'all would handle a character with an encounter with a monster in one's backstory. End of post. Hmm. I mean, if you just if it's in the backstory and I've approved it, then it's you know your fault it. for then not remembering and reading that. Not remembering, <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Well, yeah, totally. but even but I think the metagaming isn't necessarily limited to just at the table. What about if, for instance, you've heard that there are goblins in Lost Mines of Fandelver? And spoilers, there's goblins in Lost Mine of Fandelver, everybody. <laughs> if you didn't know that, um, or there's dragons in Dungeons and Dragons, but whatever. Yeah, right. And then your backstory is specifically crafted to, like, you know, make a ranger that knows the ins and outs of absolutely every goblin ever. Right. Mm, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. I think I think in a way, I think as a DM, if it depends on obviously the DM, but I think if you're if you're a DM that is very much a story focused DM and, and you really want to bring the narrative to life and that's what your sort of your focus is, mm. then if you have a player that that does that, you really need to kind of communicate to them and explain to them, look, what you're what you're doing is you're you're eff- effectively breaking out of that story element. You're creating a character that is just gonna be great at everything and just and just be able to just go in, kill all the goblins and be really powerful and amazing and then it's the end. It's like a story is about conflict and it's about it's about overcoming like against odds that are often considered to be impossible odds that are like, you know, how do we solve this problem? That's what keeps you engaged in a story. Right. It's like whenever you if you if you just watch the story where the hero just, you know, turns up, kills everybody, it's the end. You'd be like, that was really boring and crap. That was boring. Yeah. Yeah. Be, you know, the only the only problem I have is with the ranger thing. If you are playing a ranger, you get to choose uh, an enemy that you are strong against and there is absolutely no point choosing an enemy that you will never face in adventure so if you're playing lost minds of fandelver i feel like assuming there might be goblins choosing goblins isn't necessarily metagaming it's making a practical choice because sure you could take giants but then you're you're just kneecapping yourself rather right. than yeah, right. It's almost it's and it's almost it's a meta gaming as well. If you're like, well, I can't choose goblins because then I'll be overpowered. You wouldn't. <laughs> they wouldn't let you okay. choose goblins if you were going to be overpowered. If you're so. going to be overpowered, true. Okay, but let me let me pose another one. And not that I disagree with you, I'm just playing devil's advocate for a little bit. Mm. Um, not literally devils, don't worry. But for instance, um, let's say I am running a campaign that I tell everyone is kind of my idea of a prequel to Baldur's Gate 3 because it's got mind flares in it. What happens when a person makes a character who knows everything there is to know about mind flares and leaves none of the mystery to it? And I don't even introduce mind flares in that campaign until you're already like level four or five, right? Um, What what happens there? Or as... um, and this is where I sympathize a little bit with the DM from this story because this happened to me. 
I had a player who I'd had in a couple of different campaigns and he was joining an in progress Icewind Dale game that I was making, that I was running. And I was like, Hey, as per usual, here's all the rules. You're obviously making a, a character with a higher level. So choose a magic item. It can be up to, um, I think I said rare, you can have one rare or you can have two common and one uncommon, whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll, and, and I always include subject to approval, but I trusted that player so much that I may have just sort of been like, yeah, that's fine. And not really looked at his item choices yeah. too much. And <laughs> he chose a flame tongue greatsword, which yeah. is immediately like a massive in a normal campaign. It's a good sword. It's a really good sword, but you know, a lot of creatures resist fire in Icewind Dale, where it can produce flame on command and heat on command. And it constantly deals fire damage to ice based creatures. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can, He's I can ripping that. through any encounters that I put down. Like the fighter is dealing, is dishing out. I don't know, you know, it's ridiculous. He's they're level eight, I think, and they're dishing out like eighty damage in a turn. It's insane. Yeah, mm. uh, my my dude, that's that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Should have been like, Ooh, let's talk about that flame tongue grades. That's, you could that's... always you could always take it off him though in the, in the game somehow. Like maybe if he. If he falls, if he fails like a, I don't know, a dexterity saving throw or something in some sort of situation, that 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 sword manages Disarming. to like comes off him and falls down a ravine yeah. and he loses it. Yeah, I mean, I'm also willing to suck it up and be like, well, that was my fault, so I'm yeah. just going to deal with that now and scale my encounters ah. accordingly. So, look, that is that is meta gaming, but yeah, it was it was one of those things where it was also subject to approval. So, yep. <laughs> yep. That's totally on me. But, um, it's, it's, I do read yeah, backstories. I sometimes don't look at the yeah. item inventory too much. <laughs> but that's Sorry, another thing. Ahead, like with the with the ranger thing, if you if it's a meta gamey a, li- a little bit, say choosing goblins for as a preferred enemy for lost minds and ever. But if you can then work it into his backstory, okay. Mm. Why are your preferred enemies goblins? Well, goblins killed my family, or they were always raiding my village, or my best friend was a goblin growing up and he betrayed me um when we were in a thieves guild or whatever in the future and blah 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 i'm already then invested. it's then it's good you can <laughs> you can like work it into what? the story uh and uh and sort of get the player more invested that way and use it to drive the story forward as well yeah, uh, yeah. as not not just it be like a throwaway metagamey thing oh well that'll be useful so i guess i'll just pick them like right. find a way no, to you're, it okay. that is the correct answer make it make it worthwhile and then on the dm side of things then you can weave that into the campaign somehow and like bring that back maybe that you know best childhood friend suddenly shows up and is the leader of the goblin pack that's attacking the village that you're trying to save or you know i'm, I'm thinking of a specific example from the first 5e campaign i ran curse of strahd and out my ranger obviously specialized in undead but he had already provided a backstory about it how his family was overrun by undead and how the sort of the mayors of the town didn't do anything um and in response to this undead threat so he devoted his life to hunting them down and such he saw them as abominations etc and i was like "Ooh, this is a great morsel to say hey maybe that town uh, mayor was a necromancer and he was the one responsible and there were good reasons and so i started to weave that into the curse of strad narrative and he made an appearance because you know it's ravenloft anything goes your past is I've... suddenly here to torture you <laughs> great how'd they get here who cares <laughs> why well, I've, I've had like almost an opposite problem in uh, a 
Ravenloft game, that, the, the one that I run on a, on a monthly basis for uh, Luke and Will and, and, and John and, and Tim. Um, and I don't do the rough names. The other Will and Ali as well. Um, there you go. Where none of them <laughs> picked a paladin or a cleric because they were like, we don't want a meta game. Oh, like, okay. Oh, great. God, I want that problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like, the healing's limited now. We've got yep. a druid, um, but <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, uh, well, you said it's a Ravenloft campaign. Is it a yes. specifically a Strahd campaign? Uh, it is a Strahd one. Yeah, it's, it's um, all right. Spoilers. And I, I don't know how far you are, but you could stack the deck if you want and just make their allied companion someone with healing. You mm. know. Their their faded yeah. companion. I mean, they've um oh who have they found so far? Um, not Irina. The the Esmeralda. Esmeralda, thank you. My favorite. She's a yeah. badass. If you yeah, don't know good. Esmeralda from Chris's Strahd, she is the protege of Doctor Van Richten. She's a monster hunter. Um, she's a Vistani, sort of the equivalent of the Romani peoples from our our world, our society, and she has a peg leg a plus one rapier and plus one battle axe i put her in all my games in all my Ravenloft games because i love the concept of her she's just such a badass and she can show up in any number of ways and like i was thinking about doing this for for my next straw group like if they need a healer i'll just respect some of her her spells to be more healing based you know there's yeah. there'll be a blessing cure wounds and a healing word and now we're good you know mm. she can be part cleric I'm totally fine with that. So, right. Yeah. Cool. Well, anything else you guys want to add into this week's podcast? No. I've got I've lots, got, but got, we're got, probably something. Should, uh, we'll save it for we'll next week. We yeah, went for yeah. an hour and a half. <laughs> I could talk about this cool. all day. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so guys, yes, thanks. Thanks for joining us uh, this week's podcast. We've got some games coming up. Um, as mentioned earlier, we've got a Halloween uh, one shot that is called The Unseen Mystery at Stoneport. Ooh. Ooh. And that is being run by Kenny, one of our newest DMs. Nice. And that's on the 28th of October. It's a four-hour one-shot. Um, we'll put a link in the description below. And also, we have coming up on the 10th of December, So, sorry, 10th of October, sorry, in 10 days' time, uh, we've got a new campaign, which is a Call of Cthulhu campaign called Subtle Supple Weapons of a Silent War. Mm. Mm. It does so look really cool. Yeah, so if you're interested in Call of Cthulhu, Cthulhu, Cthulhu yeah. that could be a good game for you guys to join. So yeah, so yeah, thanks a lot, nice. guys. And uh, we will see you next week. See, see you next then. week. Take care. Bye-bye.